Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the live internet broadcast of Secrets Revealed. Understand the book of Revelation from start to finish. This is PGN Prophetic Grace Network. Today we're talking about the purple and scarlet prophecy in the book of Revelation. This is your book of Revelation, research scientists, and we're talking about the purple and scarlet prophecy in the book of Revelation. It is Prophecy number eight, that's the name of the statement of prophecy in the book of Revelation. It is located in Revelation chapters 17 and 18, as well as verses 1 to 5 of chapter 19. A non-exhaustive list of key topics. In other words, some of the key topics discussed in this documentary, if you will, documentary of soon coming events are, uh, that list includes uh, these topics, they are Babylon, the Battle of Armageddon, the Antichrist, as well as the finest purple and scarlet linens. This prophecy exists in a context of prophecy, so by my analysis, There are 12 statements of prophecies in the book of Revelation. This one, the purple and scarlet prophecy, is prophecy number eight. Just giving them a number in uh, in terms of the order of their appearance in the book of Revelation. It's right between the seven plagues prophecy and the marriage supper prophecy. So before the purple and scarlet prophecy We have a documentary, if you will, a documentary shown to John the Revelator about the seven final plagues. The seven final plagues culminate with an angel pouring out the seventh and final plague. One of the consequences following the pouring out of the seventh vial is the destruction of Babylon. Babylon and its destruction is described in great detail in the subsequent prophecy. So first there's the seven plagues prophecy, a documentary, if you will, shown to John the Revelator. So he wrote down in words what he was shown. So the seven plagues prophecy is a documentary, a statement of prophecy about what happens after the wrath of Satan, which is the great tribulation, after the wrath of Satan, On this present earth, that wrath will last for 1,260 days. It is referred to as the Great Tribulation. It's a time of great distress for those who are Team Jesus. After the wrath of Satan is the wrath of God, which will be a time of great distress for those who are Team Satan, for those who have taken the mark of the beast, 
who have worshipped the statue of the Antichrist commissioned by the false prophet during the Great Tribulation. So the wrath of God, the seven final plagues, which comes after the wrath of Satan, the Great Tribulation, is described in the seventh statement of uh, statement of prophecy, the seven plagues prophecy, that statement of prophecy number seven. Again, when the seventh vial is poured out by the angel of the Lord, when that seventh vial is poured out, one of the consequences that follows is that Babylon is destroyed. So there are other consequences too. After that statement of prophecy, we have the purple and scarlet prophecy. That's an in-depth report, an in-depth documentary of specifically what is Babylon, where is Babylon, why is it destroyed, and how is it destroyed. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to hear that prophecy today, the purple and scarlet prophecy, the prophecy about Babylon. Now, I share that this prophecy, the purple and scarlet prophecy, exists in the context of three. The prophecy that immediately follows it is the marriage supper prophecy. That's the prophecy in the book of Revelation that begins with verse 6 of chapter 19 and it ends with verse 21. It's the documentary of the Battle of Armageddon. So the Battle of Armageddon is mentioned at the end of Revelation chapter 14 in the earth reap prophecy. Uh, the Battle of Armageddon is mentioned at the end of the Seven Plagues prophecy. The Battle of Armageddon uh, is mentioned several places in the book of Revelation, but the location of the documentary that focuses almost exclusively on the Battle of Armageddon, where the most detailed information about the battle of armageddon uh, is provided in the book of revelation is prophecy number nine the marriage supper prophecy that's what we hear after the purple and scarlet prophecy so these prophecies hang together the seven plagues prophecy the purple and scarlet prophecy and then the marriage supper prophecy now we're about to hear the purple and scarlet prophecy it's our focus for discussion and analysis this month, August of 2023, here are some of the key words, phrases, and numbers. This information, uh, what I'm sharing at the start of our time today, is provided for every truth seeker. The basic study notes for the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy are available uh, at blogtalkradio.com backslash live prophetic. So you can go and see the basic study notes. They are there, uh, the one-page basic study notes for you. So I'm reading from that, basic study notes that I prepared uh, at the request of listeners uh, last year. So here are keywords, phrases, and numbers that we'll hear in the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy. Seven bowls, the great prostitute, the scarlet beast, seven heads and ten horns. Purple and Scarlet Clothing, Babylon the Great, Mother of All Prostitutes and Obscenities in the World, The Beast, Bottomless Pit, Eternal Destruction, The Book of Life, Seven Hills Where the Woman Rules, Seven Kings, The Eighth King, Ten Kings, 
war against the lamb, the prostitute, the great city, Babylon, plagues, God has judged her and deceived the nations with your sorceries. So let me mention before we go into the prophecy that the great city is Babylon. So the great city discussed in the purple and scarlet prophecy is uh, what some Bible translations refer to as mystery Babylon. It's the city of seven hills. And the beast, in the book of Revelation, there are three beasts. In the 666 Antichrist prophecy, the Antichrist is referred to as the beast at the beginning of chapter 13. And in the false prophet, at the end of chapter 13, is referred to as another beast. And then uh, at another point, Satan is referred to as the beast. So we're going to hear about the beast and the scarlet beast today. Let us turn our attention now to hearing the word of God. There's a special blessing for every person who hears the book of Revelation read, and I want to read that blessing. Uh, I want to share it so that we have that as we go into hearing the word of God. Here it is, Revelation chapter 1, verse 3 says, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, And keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. So, friend and truth seeker, I declare and decree according to the word of God, according to Revelation chapter 1, verse 3, that you are blessed because you are going to hear the words of this prophecy, the words in the book of Revelation, the words of the purple and scarlet prophecy, and I pray that you will keep these things, the things you're about to hear, that you will keep these things in mind because they are shortly to come to pass. Okay, so here it is, the purple and scarlet prophecy in the book of Revelation, beginning with verse 1 of chapter 17. John the Revelator says, One of the seven angels who had poured out the seven bowls came over and spoke to me. Come with me, he said, and I will show you the judgment that is going to come on the great prostitute who rules over many waters. The kings of the world have committed adultery with her, and the people who belong to this world have been made drunk by the wine of her immorality. So the angel took me in the spirit into the wilderness. There I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that had seven heads and ten horns, and blasphemies against God were written all over it. The woman wore purple and scarlet clothing and beautiful jewelry made of gold and precious gems and pearls. In her hand, she held a gold goblet full of obscenities and the impurities of her immorality, a mysterious name was written on her forehead, Babylon the Great, mother of all prostitutes 
and obscenities in the world. I could see that she was drunk, drunk with the blood of God's holy people who were witnesses for Jesus. I stared at her in complete amazement. Let's pause there for a second. So uh, this woman, we're told that this woman is drunk with the blood of God's holy people. So we're talking about a time frame here, which is not 2023 or uh, 1978. We're talking about the time period of the Great Tribulation. We're going to see that later. We're talking about the time period of the Great Tribulation during which the headquarters for the Harlot Church That will be the headquarters of the Harlot Church where the ordering of the blood of God's holy people who are witnesses for Jesus. In other words, all of us believers who refuse to take the mark of the beast, who refuse to worship the statue of the Antichrist that will be commissioned by the false prophet as described in Revelation 13, Many believers, uh, all believers will be persecuted, but many will lose their lives. And so when it says drunk with the blood of God's holy people, blood will be shed. The blood of who? God's holy people, specifically the Jewish people who are worshiping our one God in the third temple, the temple that is shortly to be rebuilt on the temple mount, and those who give testimony for Jesus Christ. Okay, now we're going to get an explanation about this woman. Let's continue, verse 7. Why are you so amazed, the angel asked. I will tell you the mystery of this woman and of the beast with seven heads and ten horns on which she sits. The beast you saw was once alive but isn't now. And yet he will soon come up out of the bottomless pit and go to eternal destruction. So here, this beast, the beast that, quote, will soon come up out of the bottomless pit and go to eternal destruction, end quote, this beast is referring to Satan. How do we know that? In the marriage supper prophecy, Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 to 10, we're told that Satan comes up out of the bottomless pit after a thousand years of being in the bottomless pit. And when he comes up out of the bottomless pit, he deceives the nations for a short while. Then, by the hands of the Lord, he is sent to Gehenna. He's sent to the fiery lake that burns with sulfur and brimstone forever and ever, where he joins the Antichrist and false prophet who were sent to the second death at the time of the Battle of Armageddon. So a thousand years later, after the Battle of Armageddon, after the first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ on this present earth, that's when this beast, the first beast referred to in the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy, it says he will soon come up out of the bottomless pit and go to eternal destruction. So when we're looking at the book of Revelation, again, there are three beasts. 
Sometimes the beast refers to Satan. Sometimes the beast refers to the Antichrist. And sometimes the beast refers to the false prophet. Briefly, in Revelation 13, at the beginning, the beast refers to the Antichrist. At the end of Revelation 13, it says another beast. And that beast refers to the false prophet. And here, when it says the beast, that will soon come up out of the bottomless pit, that beast is referring to Satan. Now, let's continue here. It says, and yet he will soon come up out of the bottomless pit and go to eternal destruction. And the people who belong to this world, whose names were not written in the book of life before the world was made, will be amazed at the reappearance of this beast who had died. Now, what does this all mean? When Satan is on the present earth, when Satan is on this present earth, so not in heaven, but when he is on this present earth, he will get into hand-to-hand combat with an angel of the Lord. Revelation 20, verse 1. The angel of the Lord will overcome Satan, will dominate In that physical altercation, the angel of the Lord will take Satan, lock him into the bottomless pit. So in other words, Satan is taken underneath the earth. He's placed in the bottomless pit. It's closed and it's locked. Now, in order to do this, Presumably, the angel has to kill Satan. You say, well, why do you say that? With the exception of Jesus Christ, who is in a glorified body right now, his peak performance body, the body that Jesus Christ will inhabit, uh, not only on this present earth when he returns, but also on the new earth to come. But everyone else, everyone else except for Jesus Christ, And God the Father, when they experience death, then they go to, uh, human beings go to, uh, human beings and angels are in heaven, or they're on the present earth, or they're in Hades. I want to just share this very briefly. Hades is a place of darkness. We're told in one place in the Bible that the angels who went beyond the scope of their authority, that they're in prisons of darkness right now awaiting the judgment of the Lord. Who else is in Hades right now awaiting judgment? All the human beings whose names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, all who rejected God's plan for salvation that existed at the time that person lived on the earth, those human beings, they're not in heaven Yet they had perfect continuity of life as disembodied spirits. When they died, they went to a prison of darkness. Where is that? That's Hades. So here in the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy is saying that the people are amazed at the reappearance of this beast, Satan, who had died. So when Satan goes to the prison of darkness, He's fighting in hand-to-hand combat in Revelation chapter 1 with the angel of the Lord. 
the angel of the Lord prevails. Then the angel of the Lord is allowed to take Satan, presumably as a uh, disem, uh, disembodied spirit at that point, to a prison of darkness, locks him in the bottomless pit, but he comes back. He comes back. How does he come back? Well, we're told that the pit is unlocked. So he's allowed to come back. He doesn't come back of his own volition, of his own will. He comes back because at the appointed time, God allows him to be released from the bottomless pit so that he can deceive the nations for a short while so we can get to the great white throne judgment. So my perception when it says that the beast who had died, that's referring to Revelation chapter 1 and telling us that the angel of the Lord actually uh, kills Satan. So Satan experiences the first death. I'm reading into that. My interpretation of that could be incorrect, but certainly it's clear in any case that this is necessarily referring to Satan. People, uh, he will not be on this present earth or in the present heaven for the thousand years that he's in the bottomless pit. He's released for a short while, so he reappears. Let's hear that. Let's go to Revelation 20 so that we can hear the description of that reappearance also described here in a purple and scarlet prophecy. So Revelation chapter 20, talking about the reappearance of the beast, the reappearance of Satan from the bottomless pit, it says in verse 7 of chapter 20, and when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth. Now, what's his prison? So in Revelation 20, verse 1, it says, And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. Okay, so at the beginning of the millennial reign prophecy, we hear that Satan, he leaves this present earth. The Satan, the angel comes down from heaven, uh, lays hold of Satan. In other words, they get into hand-to-hand combat. He puts his hands on Satan, overtakes him, dominates in that physical altercation. Satan is then taken to the bottomless pit. Now, when I see that, and it says in the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy that he died, that makes me think that in the same way that the human beings who are in Hades and prisons of darkness The only human beings that are there are those who have experienced mortality. They've experienced the first death. So I should say due to mortality and the reality of it, and they experience death, they're disembodied spirits in the prison of darkness. So this makes me think that perhaps Satan experienced the first death too. But in any case, in any case, we're told in the purple and scarlet prophecy Going back there, that people are amazed, it says, 
And the people who belong to this world, whose names were not written in the book of life before the world was made, will be amazed at the reappearance of this beast who had died. So when Satan hasn't been allowed to deceive people, uh, and he hasn't been able to dominate affairs on the earth for a thousand years, and all of a sudden he's back, there will be people, mortals, because during the millennial reign, there will be those of us who are members of the royal race who have transitioned to our glorified, perfected peak performance bodies. And then there will be mortals who were allowed to continue uh, after the Battle of Armageddon and presumably any offspring that they have. So, so individuals in that group uh, will be amazed at the reappearance of the beast. Why do we say in that group? It says, and the people who belong to this world whose names were not written in the book of life before the world was made. So only those who have failed to transition from mortality to immortality, who failed to participate in the first resurrection, are the people who belong to this world. Because those who participate in the first resurrection, we belong to the kingdom. We belong to the kingdom. So let's continue in the purple and scarlet prophecy, picking up right here with verse 9. This calls for a mind with understanding. The seven heads of the beast represent the seven hills where the woman rules. Let's pause there for a second. So I shared earlier that the woman refers to the great city, and the great city is Mystery Babylon. And now we're told here... The woman rules from a, a place that has seven hills. Now, when we look to see what is the location that is known for having seven hills. So if you type in, and I'm doing it right now, city with seven hills, there are one billion 550 million hits in Google, and the first thing that comes up is Seven Hills of Rome. The ancient city of Rome was built on seven hills, and today the city that has seven hills, known as the city of seven hills, uh, is Rome. The Seven Hills of Rome. And so, this is one piece of information that points us in the direction of Rome as a possibility for the location where the woman rules. So what does it mean? What does it all mean? Let's keep going. This calls for a mind with understanding that seven heads of the beast represent the seven hills where the woman rules. So where is that? It looks like it may be Rome. They also represent seven kings. Five kings have already fallen. The sixth now reigns and the seventh is yet to come, but his reign will be brief. Okay, so giving us some historical context there. Let's keep going. Verse 11, the scarlet beast that was but is no longer is the eighth king. Let's pause there for a second. This is really important. So remember, in the book of Revelation, when you hear the word beast, there are three possibilities. 
and we must look at the other information provided to determine which beast is being discussed. One beast is the Antichrist, another beast is the false prophet, and a third beast is Satan. So in this case, earlier we heard about the beast that comes up from the bottomless pit that referred to Satan. Now here in verse 11, we're being uh, another beast is being described. We're being told about the scarlet beast. And it says, the scarlet beast that was, but is no longer, is the eighth king. Now, in Daniel chapter 7, Daniel chapter 7, we learn that the Antichrist, he will come along when there are ten kings, but he will put down three, so that makes now there's seven. He'll put down three. So when he puts down three, there'll be seven. So now he's the eighth. So maybe that refers to that as the eighth, or perhaps it refers to the eighth king as the eighth king, the king following the first seven described in verse 10. So uh, I'm not clear on that, but those are two possibilities to explain that. Let's keep going. It says, he is like the other seven, and he too is headed for destruction. Now, that's an important key. He too is headed for destruction. So, two, headed for destruction, is a reference back to the fact that we're told that the first beast goes to destruction. Remember, we were told uh, in verse 8 about the first beast, Satan, he will soon come up out of the bottomless pit and go to eternal destruction. And now it says that the scarlet beast is headed for destruction too. So what does that mean? God's strategy for destroying his enemy. In other words, destruction in the book of Revelation refers to the second death. The second death as described in Revelation 20. Revelation 20, verses 11 to 15, in the dead judge prophecy, the second death refers to Gehenna, the lake of fire that burns with sulfur and brimstone. So hell is a broad word. Hell is a broad word. There's Hades, where there are prisons of darkness, and there's Gehenna, which is the lake of fire. So this is telling us the Antichrist, too, is headed for destruction. The Antichrist is headed for the second death. And, in fact, that's described in Revelation chapter 19, verse 19. It says, he is like the other seven, and he, too, is headed for destruction. Let's keep going. Uh, actually, let me read that to you. Revelation 19, you to be aware, I want us to hear about the destruction of the Antichrist. Revelation 19, uh, 19, verse 20. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. So at the battle of Armageddon, the first two enemies of God, God has five enemies that are destroyed. 
Then we transition to the new heavens and new earth. We transition to the new earth after God's five enemies are destroyed. The Antichrist is one of God's five enemies. And right here we hear Revelation uh, 19, chapter 19, verse 20. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. So that's the report of when this scarlet beast goes to destruction. So again, destruction in the book of Revelation refers to the second death. That's God's strategy for destroying his enemies. That's the lake of fire that burns with brimstone forever and ever. That's eternal damnation. Let's continue. The scarlet beast that was but is no longer is the eighth king. So it's telling us the Antichrist is the eighth king. He is like the other seven, and he too is headed for destruction. Indeed, as you just heard, the Antichrist is going to the lake of fire. Continuing with verse 12, the ten horns of the beast are ten kings who have not yet risen to power. They will be appointed to their kingdoms for one brief moment to reign with the beast. Let's pause there. During the great tribulation, Described uh, in Revelation chapters 12 and 13, there will be a ten-nation alliance. This ten-nation alliance will essentially be a one-world government. It will dominate the political and economic affairs on present earth. It will dominate economic and political affairs on present earth. And... This ten-nation alliance will have ten leaders. So when it says ten horns, it's referring to the ten leaders, the ten kings. It says the ten horns of the beast are ten kings who have not yet risen to power. When do they rise to power? During the Great Tribulation. It says they will be appointed to their kingdoms for one brief moment to reign with the beast. Now we know from Daniel, the book of Daniel chapter 7, Ten kings, each a king of one of the ten nations rises to power. The Antichrist puts three of the kings down, and then he rises uh, in their place. And then we're also told in Daniel he becomes the leader of it. And right here in the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy, it says, The ten horns of the beast are ten kings who have not yet risen to power. They will be appointed to their kingdoms for one brief moment to reign with the beast. Okay, and here's where it tells us more, just like in Daniel. They will all agree, talking about these ten kings, they will all agree to give him their power and authority. Who's him? The scarlet beast. Who's the scarlet beast? The Antichrist, the eighth king. So they're going to give the Antichrist, they're going to make him the mouthpiece for the Ten Nation Alliance. So the Antichrist will grow in power and dominion as the Great Tribulation continues its trajectory in linear time, chronological time. So he will not be the head of the Ten Nation Alliance at the beginning of it. But ultimately, he will rise to the top. He will put down three of these ten kings. He will be the eighth king. And uh, before that happens, it says that these kings 
are going to agree to give him their power and authority. So perhaps that's how the three are put down. He decides those three maybe are giving him a problem. I, I don't know. But he puts three of them down, we're told, in Daniel, and that's how he becomes the eighth king. Okay, let's continue in verse 14. Together they will go to war against the Lamb. So this is referring to the next prophecy. So we're in the purple and scarlet prophecy. The next prophecy is the marriage supper prophecy. That's where the Antichrist and the kings of the world, they they go there to uh, Israel, and at the appointed time, on the appointed day, at the appointed hour, in the appointed location, they fight against Jesus Christ and the armies of heaven. So it says, together they will go to war against the Lamb. That's referring to the Battle of Armageddon, the war to end all wars. But the Lamb will defeat them because he is Lord of all lords and King of all kings. So the defeat of the Antichrist and the kings of the world is described in Revelation chapter 19, verses 19 to 21. Uh, You can see specifically that there. It says, and his called and chosen and faithful ones will be with him. Okay, so uh, at the Battle of Armageddon, his called and chosen and faithful ones will be with him who? Jesus Christ, the Lord of all lords and King of all kings. And he's going to defeat these kings and the Antichrist who are going to go to war against him. All right, let's continue verse 15. Then the angel said to me, The waters where the prostitute, that's talking about the woman, is ruling, represent masses of people of every nation and language. Now, this is very interesting. So there's a prostitute, and there's a scarlet beast. The Antichrist, who's the head of the Ten Nation Alliance, will work in tandem with the false prophet who will be the head of the harlot church. The harlot church will have its headquarter in the city with seven hills. The city with seven hills is Rome. Let's hear this again. Then the angel said to me, the waters where the prostitute is ruling represent masses of people of every nation and language. During the Great Tribulation, the Antichrist will be the head of the ten-nation alliance that dominates economic and political affairs. The false prophet will be the head of the harlot church that dominates religious affairs. So there will be a one-world religion, a false Christianity that's promoted by the false prophet, and they will use this to rule, quote, masses of people of every nation and language. So this is very important to know. So we have working in tandem a one-world government and a one-world religion. Working in tandem, the Antichrist and the false prophet. Now let's continue in verse 16. The scarlet beast and his ten horns all hate the prostitute. Now this is very interesting. The scarlet beast and his ten horns hate all hate the prostitute. 
So the prostitute is the woman. The woman is the city. The city is Mystery Babylon. It sits on seven hills. It's the headquarters of the Harlot Church. It's Rome. Now, if you want it to be all-powerful and you want it all-power, you might resent another person or group that you have to share power with. So for some reason, despite having significant power, the Antichrist and the Ten Kings, the Scarlet Beast and his Ten Horns all hate the prostitute, they're going to hate the headquarters of the Harlot Church. They're going to hate Mystery Babylon. They're going to hate Rome. Now let's hear about that. They will strip her naked, eat her flesh, and burn her remains with fire. This is telling us a secret. This is telling us a secret. This is saying the Antichrist and the Ten Kings are going to burn the city that's the headquarters of the Harlot Church, and we're going to hear shortly the financial capital of the world. It says, They're going to burn her remains with fire. Now, why would they do that? God gives us an answer here in verse 17. For God has put a plan into their minds, a plan that will carry out his purposes. So God's plan and purpose is to destroy the headquarters of the harlot church. It says, continuing, they will agree to give their authority to the scarlet beast, talking about the ten kings, and so the words of God will be fulfilled. And this woman you saw in your vision represents the great city that rules over the kings of the world. The great city is the woman. The woman is a prostitute. She is a prostitute because she is the headquarters of the harlot church and she fornicates with false gods let's continue she gives herself to false gods now let's hear more about the woman the great city the prostitute continuing in the purple and scarlet prophecy revelation 18 verse 1 after all this i saw another angel come down from heaven with great authority and the earth grew bright with his splendor he gave a mighty shout Babylon is fallen. That great city is fallen. So now we're about to hear the report of how Rome, the headquarters of the Harlot Church, during, we're about to hear how the headquarters of the Harlot Church is going to be destroyed. So we already heard one secret, which is that it's the plan and purpose of God for it to be destroyed, but that he puts this plan and purpose in the hearts and minds of the Antichrist in the Ten Kings, so they can do the will of God. Babylon is fallen. That great city is fallen. She has become a home for demons. The headquarters of the Harlot Church is a home for demons. She is a hideout for every foul spirit, a hideout for every foul vulture, and every foul and dreadful animal. For all the nations have fallen because of the wine of her passionate immorality. Let's pause there. All the nations have fallen. So all the nations means 
all the nations. All doesn't mean the majority, for example, 51%. All doesn't mean a vast majority, let's say 90%. All means all, 100%. What is this saying? During the Great Tribulation, the one world religion will impact every nation. There will be individuals in all the nations who choose to take the mark of the beast, who choose to bow down and worship the statue of the Antichrist commissioned by the false prophet as described in the 666 Antichrist prophecy in Revelation 13. So here we're told, for all the nations have fallen because of the wine of her passionate immorality. So it is immoral to give oneself to a God other than God the Father. There is no God except Jesus Christ. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. So those who worship false gods are practicing fornication. They're giving themselves to a false god. This is passionate immorality. Then it says the kings of the world have committed adultery with her. God takes this very seriously. Then it says, because of her desires for extravagant luxury, the merchants of the world have grown rich. So this is also going to be the financial capital. The financial capital during the Great Tribulation will be Rome, the headquarters of the Harlot Church. How do we know? Let's read on. Then I heard another voice calling from heaven. Come away from her, my people. Do not, part, do not take part in her sins or you will be punished with her. For her sins are piled as high as heaven. And God remembers her evil deeds. Do to her as she has done to others. Double her penalty for all her evil deeds. She brewed a cup of terror for others, so brew twice as much for her. She glorified herself and lived in luxury, so match it now with torment and sorrow. She boasted in her heart, I am queen on my throne. I am no helpless widow, and I have no reason to mourn. Therefore, these plagues will overtake her in a single day. So this is, we're about to hear what's going to happen to the headquarters of the Harlot Church, the financial capital of the world during the Great Tribulation. We're about to happen, find out what happens in that city, that location, the city of Seven Hills, Rome. This is what's going to happen to Rome in a single day. Death and mourning and famine. She will be completely consumed by fire. Now, we heard in Revelation 17 a secret. Who, it's the purpose of God, but who destroys her by fire? It's the Antichrist and the kings in the Ten Nation Alliance. They take her out because God has put his plans and purposes in their hearts and minds, and they hate the prostitute. They hate the headquarters of the harlot church, they will hate Rome. It says, talking about the fate of Rome, the headquarters of the harlot church, the headquarters of Mystery Babylon, she will be completely consumed by fire. For the Lord God who judges her is mighty. And the kings of the world who committed adultery with her, 
and enjoyed her great luxury will mourn for her as they see the smoke rising from her charred remains. Now, this is not talking about the Ten Kings, right? Remember, it says all the nations, all the nations participated in her passionate immorality. So this is talking about the people who took the mark of the beast, the people who bought into the financial system that emerges during uh, the Great Tribulation, the people who made the one world religion, the national religion of their nation, it says they will stand at a distance, terrified by her great torment. They will cry out, how terrible, how terrible for you, O Babylon, you great city. In a single moment, God's judgment came on you. The merchants of the world will weep and mourn for her, for there is no one left to buy their goods. She bought great quantities of gold, silver, jewels, and pearls, fine linen, purple, silk, and scarlet cloth, things made of fragrant thigh and wood, ivory goods, and objects made of expensive wood, and bronze, iron, and marble. She also bought cinnamon, spice, incense, myrrh, frankincense, wine, olive oil, fine flour, wheat, cattle, sheep, horses, wagons, and bodies, that is human slaves. Did you hear that? Human trafficking. So today when we talk about slavery, uh, we understand that human trafficking is, uh, is how slavery exists primarily in 2023 in modern times. So this is telling us that human trafficking will be happening in Mystery Babylon the headquarters for the harlot church, where the woman sits, the great prostitute, the great prostitute, in other words, the harlot church, where she sits, her headquarters, the city of the seven hills, where they need purple and scarlet, because the leaders of this religion, those are their colors. One group of leaders wears scarlet, the other group of leaders wears purple. And we're told here that not only are they going to spend money on all these other things, but also they're going to spend money on human slaves. Let's talk about this purple and scarlet cloth. Why does the Bible why does the Bible mention mention purple and scarlet cloth? There is the attempt to communicate secrets to those who are truth seekers with sufficient detail so that it's 100% possible to know exactly what is being communicated. Now, the upper hierarchy of the Roman Catholic Church is combined in part of bishops and cardinals whose colors are purple and scarlet. Perhaps it's a coincidence. Perhaps it isn't. Perhaps it's a coincidence. Perhaps it isn't. Let's continue in Revelation 18, verse 14. The fancy things you loved so much, talking about the headquarters of the harlot church, the woman, 
The fancy things you love so much are gone, they cry. All your luxuries and splendor are gone forever, never to be yours again. The merchants who became wealthy by selling her these things, selling them to the headquarters of the Harlot Church, Rome, will stand at a distance terrified by her great torment. They will weep and cry out, how terrible, how terrible for that great city. She was clothed in finest purple and scarlet linen, decked out with gold and precious stones and pearls. Now let's pause there for a second. When you think of Rome, there are many things happening in Rome, but the key thing that is happening is what is happening with the Catholic Church and the leadership of the Catholic Church wears exactly what's reported here in Revelation chapter 18, verse 16. What do they wear? Quote, finest purple and scarlet linens. And if you've noticed when you watch the ceremonies that are televised on TV, they also have uh, they have things where they have precious stones and pearls in some of the uh, Ornaments and things that adorn uh, the the churches that they have. Let's continue. In a single moment, all the wealth of the city is gone, and all the captains of the merchant ships and their passengers and sailors and crews crews will stand at a distance. They will cry out as they watch the smoke ascend, and they will say, "Where is there another city as great as this?" And they will weep and throw dust on their heads to show their grief, and they will cry out. How terrible, how terrible for that great city. The ship owners became wealthy by transporting her great wealth on the seas. In a single moment, it's all gone. So we hear over and over again, when Rome is destroyed, uh, when the headquarters of the Harlot Church is destroyed uh, by, uh, perhaps counterintuitively, by the Antichrist and uh, the kings in the Ten Nation Alliance, the leaders of the world are going to be distraught because this will be a place where they have earned a lot of money. They will earn a lot of money by selling to Rome, uh, doing business in Rome during the Great Tribulation. Verse 20 says, Rejoice over her fate, O heaven, and people of God and apostles and prophets, for at last God has judged her for your sakes. Then a mighty angel picked up a boulder the size of a huge millstone. He threw it into the ocean and shouted, Just like this, the great city Babylon will be thrown down with violence and will never be found again. So Rome is the great city Babylon. It is the headquarters of the harlot church. It is the place where the leaders wear the finest purple and scarlet linen. It is the place uh, that's the city with seven hills. So it says, just like this, the great city Babylon will be thrown down with violence and will never be found again. The sound of harps, singers, flutes, and trumpets will never be heard in you again. No craftsmen and no trades will ever be found in you again. The sound of the mill will never be heard in you again. The light of a lamp will never shine in you again. The happy voices of brides and grooms will never be heard in you again. For your merchants were the greatest in the world. Let's pause there for a second. That's the secret about Rome being the financial capital of the world during the Great Tribulation. Verse 23 of Revelation 18 says, For your merchants were the greatest in the world. That perhaps 
is a reason why the Antichrist and the Ten Kings hate Rome. Okay, it says, and you deceive the nations with your sorceries. In your streets flow the blood of the prophets and of God's holy people and the blood of people slaughtered all over the world. The false church, the harlot church will be against God's holy people. And they're going to bring terror to God's holy people. It ends with this, Revelation 19, verses 1 to 5. After this, I heard what sounded like a vast crowd in heaven shouting, Praise the Lord! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. His judgments are true and just. He has punished the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality. He has avenged the murder of his servants. So when God causes the headquarters of the harlot church to be destroyed, and all the people who are uh, leaders in the Harlot Church are there. They're going to be destroyed because they will be there. This is avenging those who lost their lives during the Great Tribulation. It ends with, and again their voices, and again their voices rang out, praise the Lord. The smoke from that city ascends forever and ever. Then the 24 elders and the four living beasts, Four living beings fell down and worshiped God, who was sitting on the throne. They cried out, Amen, praise the Lord. And from the throne came a voice that said, Praise our God, all his servants, all who fear him, from the least to the greatest. That is the purple and scarlet prophecy. I pray that you will be with me and with us when we continue with more analysis and discussion of the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy on Sunday. Every Sunday and Thursday, we are here talking about the book of Revelation. And in the month of August of 2023, we're focusing on the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy. Thank you for being with me and with us. If you haven't done so yet, according to Jeremiah 33:3, I urge you. Call out to God. He promises to show you great and mighty secrets that you do not know.